Hey guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for checking this podcast out produced entirely by Anchor.fm. Guys, if you're interested in creating your own podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to do it. And the cool part, it's free. Anchor has all the tools to help you create, record, and edit a podcast directly from your phone or computer. They even handle the distribution, putting it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other sites. What's really cool about Anchor, they even allow you to monetize your podcast Again, for free, you can generate income from your podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't know about you, but the best way to get a motivated seller to sell you a property is to get them on the phone, right? You got to get them on the phone so you can get their email to send them an offer. You got to get them on the phone so you can get information about the property. Maybe even get them on the phone to set the appointments. You can go meet them if you're doing this locally. Regardless, you have to get them on the phone. So the only way to go about getting a motivated seller on the phone is to have them call you by doing various types of marketing or you can call them right so in order to call these motivated sellers or these people that you are essentially assuming have motivation when you're doing your cold calling or your cold texting is to first skip trace these individuals and get information on how to reach them like phone numbers and email addresses i personally use batch skip tracing it is the most affordable service that has the best quality data that i have found um, every single time I've tested it, which has been probably about a dozen. So I highly recommend batchskiptracing.com, guys, if you are interested in skip tracing. Use code DAVE, D A V E, to get 20% off your skip tracing. It's a huge discount, 20% off. Basically, one in five skip traces is free with that code. Go check it out. It's where I do all of my skip tracing. And we're basically doing, you know, 10 plus deals every month consistently at this point, about five to six years in, in my wholesaling business. We probably use this service weekly at this point. So go check them out, batch skip tracing, use code Dave, D-A-V-E. That's gonna save you 20% on your skip tracing. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Got your host, Mike Slane, and co-host, David Dodge. We hey guys, are. welcome back. Welcome, guys. Welcome. This is Discount Property Investor. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about investing making money with real estate investing That's in right. discount properties that's our goal that is the goal guys you get paid when you sell however 
No, I screwed that up. You, you make your money when you, you make buy. your money when you buy. No, I did it right. Yeah. You make your money when you buy, but you get paid when you sell. So making the money, it's all done by buying at a discount. So if you haven't checked out our free course, freewholesalecourse.com. Mike, I was just thinking we might want to go in and redo some of the videos in there. We've had over 4,000 people take our course at this point. Pretty good. Which is a lot. I'm really proud of that, man. 4,000 people we've been able to help teach how to wholesale properties. That's one of the things. So we'll get, off, really to neat, get off topic real quick because I'm the same way. It's one of those things where you think about like what can you give back or whatever. Like this is probably one of the bigger things or one of the more impactful things Oh yeah, uh, that we've oh, yeah. done in real estate investing. Like it's Absolutely. touched the most people. Touched a lot of people. Right. Like I again, we buy houses and we fix them up and we make nice places for people to live, and that affects one or two families and puts a little Hell cash yeah. on your pocket. But no, the free wholesale course. I know we've changed a lot of people's lives. Uh, we've gotten plenty of testimonials telling us that. Yep. You know that they again, our info has helped them get started, encouraged them to get started. So it is very cool. It's very cool. What's uh, this, very what are we talking about that. today, Mike? Uh, well, we're talking about discount property investing. Boom! Okay. That's where it all starts, yeah. guys. No, today we're on. Uh, we're kind of doing a little uh, Burr strategy summary uh, because we are. We're doing a mini series. We are. We're doing a lot of. <laughs> we're doing a lot of rental acquisitions in our business, and we wanted to share that with you guys. So typically, our podcast is all about wholesaling, how to get started investing in real estate, which is why we encourage you to check out that free wholesale course. That's right. But today we're in our Burr strategy. Uh, we are in the first R, so we're summary of the Burr is buy, rehab, refinance, rent, repeat. Boom. So we are in the first R at rehab, mm -hmm. and uh, the previous episode we were talking a little bit about uh, just rehabbing in general. Today we're going to try to focus on uh, managing your rental rehab. Managing the project. Yes. Managing. Gotta love it. Managing your project, and what does that mean? Uh, it's a big difference between either going in and doing the work yourself and hiring a couple GCs to help you with it uh, versus hiring a general contractor to just go in and do the rehab yourself. So that's kind of what we're going to try to discuss today and hopefully we cover uh, a lot of the main points and issues that go along with that. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Uh, what's your preference? Uh, what did you do when you started? Uh, stuff like that. I'd like to kind of hear. Yeah, you. that's actually a good idea, yeah, Mike. Let's talk about, let's our, talk stories. about our own stories. Yeah. So, when I first started full time real estate investing, I bought a house for $19,000 and I put $25,000 in it. That sounds about right. Okay. Most $19,000 houses need about $20,000. They need about $20,000, right? Yeah. So, I, I spent 20, twenty-five dollars on the rehab. Yep. And that is kind of crazy because I didn't have any, well, I shouldn't say any, I had very, very, very low labor cost because I was the main laborer and this project took seven months. Mm. <laughs> seven months for one rental rehab. Mike, how quick are we doing our rental rehabs now? Uh, well, I've actually got our numbers pulled up and I can give you the average number of days. So this is another thing that's very important is knowing your numbers. Knowing your numbers. We so keep stressing that. Days to complete our rehabs average is 56 now. So and we're at about 40 rentals on there, right? right Roughly? About 40. About 40. Mm -hmm. So the um, average is two months. The first one I did was seven months. So it's okay. You're going to get better at this as you do it more and more. So don't stress out if the first rehab that you do takes six months. 
Seriously. Even even if all of not them a big take, deal. Even if all of them take six months. Right. So I mean, even if you're doing one or two a year, you're keeping your W two job, and it takes you six months to do it. Who cares? If you're adding one or two rentals to your personal property portfolio every year, that is huge. That's huge. It that is, is a absolutely. game changer for you and your children. Totally agree. So again, very exciting. Your legacy. Stuff. So my first one, uh, I'll be honest, I don't even remember uh, the cost, the numbers, anything like that. I purchased a four-family unit back in 2009. I purchased it off the MLS. It was kind of run down. It was in a decent area. So I was going to move into it myself. So I did literally everything wrong. I rehabbed it like I was going to live there because I was <laughs> living there. So, so I got new cabinets in the kitchen and I added it. Not in all units though, right? Just in mine. Okay, well, just in yours. It was three were rented. Right. One was vacant. And like, I'm moving into that one. I'm right. moving in. I'm going to make this place nice. And I did. And it was nice. Uh, and that one still gets me a little bit more rent because, again, it's got that dishwasher. It's got some features the other ones don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did uh, most of the GC stuff myself. Uh, I'd never done uh, any of that type of work. Uh, you know, I painted it. I got uh, the put the baseboards up, got an air compressor, all that stuff. I hired a buddy who was um, an electrician by trade. He helped me with some of the other stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, way over budget for sure and a good learning experience. It was fun. So I think a lot of us probably start out doing a lot of the work ourselves, doing a lot of the GCing ourselves, um, and it, it just becomes a part of your journey. And, and there's no better way, I think, to learn how to do this uh, than GCing your own projects and being hands-on in the beginning. Uh, I do think that it, it's worthwhile. We, I agree, Mike. Even though completely I, agree. Even though I have no desire to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you know, the, a lot of things that I learned about this seven-month rehab that I did on my own was I learned, you know, what what needs to be done. And in this particular house, everything needed to be done. <laughs> so it was a curse because I spent seven months working on it, but it was a blessing at the exact same time because I had to learn how to do plumbing. I had to learn how to do minor electrical work. I had, I had never done drywall work before. I had never laid tile before. I had never installed cabinets. I had never put a countertop on before. I had never swapped out a vanity or a toilet. Um, I had never done any of the things that I had to do on this project. Let me get that silver spoon out of this guy's mouth. I know, <laughs> right? I had never put a roof on before. Now I had hired somebody to do the roof, but I was there with them, you know, helping them. So I learned as as we would go along. No, and, I'm with you, Dave. Same and thing. Everything man. that we did, we learned. So why does that matter? Why is that important? Because now when I walk through a property. I know immediately, okay, this won't fly. The inspector is going to flag it or it needs to be changed in order to get high rent, you know, so on and so forth. So I think it's all part of the process of just getting good at knowing your numbers. That's the point here. Know your numbers. Well, I would say even a step further, though, is when you actually do the work, you recognize how much work each one of those jobs is. So when you've That's got correct. People, when you when people come back and give you different bids, you've got an idea. Oh well, that entails this, 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 and this to do it right. Or oh, that's simple. It's two screws to pull the vanity out. And you know, speaking on that exact bucks. thing, Mike, I met a guy yesterday at this exact table. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say any names or anything because I'm not trying to be rude. But he was very new to investing, and he didn't know. And it's okay. I tried to help him. We sat down with him for about an hour to try to help him out. Um, but he was buying houses. Um, you know tax tax auction houses that had been abandoned and they had been vacant for five, six, seven, eight years in some cases. And he's buying them for anywhere from 10 to 25,000. And these houses need 50 grand worth of work, but he didn't know. And he thought, oh, I can get this done for 15 or 20. 
And I was like, no, it's gonna be 40 to $50 per foot. How many feet, let's do the math. This is just how it works. And if he was like, you're crazy. And I was like, you're crazy. We weren't arguing, but he just didn't know. So I was like, hey, go do it. You're gonna learn as much. You're gonna learn everything that you're gonna need to know in this one project that that's gonna carry with you for every project beyond that. Because you just, you don't know until you know. So that's a really good point. Yeah, I love it. And again, that's uh, it's the coaching aspect that kind of comes out too. And it's not, not trying to, it's difficult because again, you don't wanna say you're wrong but it's kind of like, well, you'll see. Can you know, I can like, I give you some some guidance? It's right. kind of what I was going with. And I'm like, just just don't go into it with the impression that you're gonna spend this, double it. And if you beat that, you're doing great, fantastic. But if you go in with a low expectation and you double it, you're gonna look at it like it's a huge failure. When in reality, that whole process was learning. Yeah. So and you're it, paying for education too. You got to think there's lots of things that are involved. Well, and the cool thing is he's out there doing it. Too. He's out there doing so, it. So, I mean, good for him and keep it up. You know, that's, and that's what I, I told him as I walked out. I said, hey, man, I hope I wasn't, you know, too abusive with you, <laughs> but I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, like, it's great. Boom. 99% of the public is going to sit around and they're going to watch 15 more episodes of something on TV. Oh, and not do, and not do anything. That's the new one. Right the now. fact that you're jumping in is putting you a leg up. I was like, you're probably not going to make money on this first deal just because we had ran through the numbers and they didn't look that great. But the fact that he did it and that he jumped in and he just said, screw it, I have to applaud him for that. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. 100%. So, all right, so let's talk about we kind of told our managing story. your rental rehab. You know, That's our get, episode. Get back on track here. We talked about our experience and we talked about. Um, you know, where we started and we kind of did it ourselves. So let's kind of talk from that perspective first, Dave. Let's talk about uh, pretending like you're going to be the GC yourself and how do you deal with hiring subs and when do you hire a sub, a subcontractor? Got it. So I'm the GC or you're the GC. Right. So you buy your rental, you come up with your plan, you walk through it, you look at each room, you say, okay, I'm going to need, uh, oh shoot, this tub looks really bad uh, and there's holes in the tile and it looks like it's leaking. You know, it's like I, I don't know how to do plumbing. I'm gonna I need to I need to find somebody. Right. Uh, the kitchen, well the cabinets look okay. I can probably paint those and the, the countertops in good shape. Um, so let's talk about what we do in each one of those situations and how we hire a GC or I'm sorry, a subcontractor or decide to do Right. So if you're like new that. at this, you're you're gonna wanna get some some subs or some laborers that you can hire to help do these projects, unless you're wanting to do them yourself. At that point, you're, you are the, the sub, you are the, the worker. But if you're GCing the project yourself, you need to find people to hire to do these jobs. So depending on what is needed, it might just be laborers who at that rate can do a lot of things. They can lay flooring, they can paint, they can do minor carpentry work. Okay, or you want to find yourself a carpenter as well too, a good one for certain projects, right? Um, where do you find these people? The first place I would recommend going would just be to a, to Facebook. Go to the gr local group for real estate investors in your area. Don't go to a nationwide group with fifty thousand people. Find one that's got anywhere from five hundred to five thousand people in it, ish. Um, that's localized to your group. So the Indianapolis Real Estate Investment Club or the Toronto or San Diego, you know, um, Real Estate Investor Club, or go to groups that people are, are, are promoting handyman work, 
Okay, we work with a lot of a lot of our subs who are handyman. They're not really they don't really specialize in anything in particular, but they do a lot of little different things. So you want to find those people. You want to interview those people, and you want to get a lot of bids and estimates. So that's a really good place to start, Dave. I like that. The other thing I would say is just post it on your Facebook. Hey, I bought a house. I need help with this, and see if oh, someone, that's a great idea. I mean, someone someone you know. You may have a friend or a friend of a friend who's out of work, and they're willing to come do it at a good price, and it's a win win still. Exactly. So no one's really losing there. So that's a great point. Okay, so how how do you get a bid for a job? How do you pay this contractor? So let's just talk about okay, the house needed. Um, we talked about the kitchen needs the cabinets. You think you're going to repaint them, and it probably needs flooring. So this general handyman that you is in your network of people you know said, oh yeah, I'm looking for some work. I could I could come work for you. Well, you've hopefully got your plan and you've got your budget. So you've got to figure you've got to work those things in. Uh, so you go out, you purchase the materials. You say, I'm gonna I want this this painted and I want this floor laid. That's what I need uh, done. And I, I can't do it myself because you know you're working a nine to five or you just you know aren't handy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you have other projects that you're de- managing. I mean, the, the goal here is to be the manager. Exactly. Not the, the, the goal is to yeah to be the project manager, and then right. one step up that, and to be the boss essentially. Right. Uh, so you can pay them one or two ways. One, you can say, okay, could you do all this for X? For yeah, exactly, five hundred dollars. Can you paint all these cabinets? Which we refer to as just getting a bid for the project. A fixed bid. Fixed bid. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times, I think fixed bid is probably the way to go. Well, that it depends is, if you are there managing the, the people properly, because if you're paying hourly, so the other option is hourly. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying hourly and they're working slow, that's going to cost you a lot more than if you do a fixed bid, because if it's a fixed bid, it incentivizes them to speed up because then their hourly wage is increased if they're working less hours. So, exactly. So there's there's pros and cons to each, though. So if they are fixed bid, they're going to work a little faster, but they may cut corners. So you're going to have to go in and double check the work, triple check the work to make sure that it's done properly and done well before you write that final check. So with a fixed bid, a lot of times subcontractors, and again, this probably isn't your friend. uh, This is probably more of a a general relationship. They probably are going to ask for half of the money down and then half of it on the back end. And I would never pay anyone, never pay anyone, I'm gonna repeat that again, never pay anyone the full amount before the project's done. You absolutely cannot do that. Every time I've heard of an investor getting burned by a contractor, that's how it happened. Always. Always. They paid too much in the beginning, the contractor flaked out, and there's no recourse for that individual. So we typically try to avoid even paying half down. We say, okay, here's materials and here's a few days pay, or here's a small a small amount of money to get started. It depends who's buying materials, and we do it lots of different ways. Um, but again, that's, that yeah. has a little bit to do with it. For so sure. on on buying materials, the IRS is pretty strict on that. Uh, what's the what's the rule, Dave? It's if you're buying materials and you're paying that person, then they're considered an employee. Uh, so again, you want to be careful with that. You want to talk to your accountant uh, and plan ahead. And talk to your own account- accountant about that because everybody will have a different strategy. Exactly. There, and that's okay. And different tax planning and the way that's that they okay. view things. Right. So again, talk to your accountant on that stuff. That is uh, kind of a gray area on what you want to do, mm-hmm. uh, but a, or not very gray. It's pretty black and white, but get get their opinion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and do it, the, it do it the right way. Do it the right uh, way. That's again what we recommend. So so again, there's the fixed bids versus hourly uh, pros and cons to each. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about that. So we've got our friend, he did the flooring. He painted the, the kitchen cabinets, they're looking good. He put some new hardware on it for you, we forgot about that. Uh, but then you've got this bathroom to deal with. Mm. So the bathroom, you Gotta said, love the bathrooms. man, there's some plumbing issues in there and you really wanna probably replace the tub this time because it's looking really bad or or the wall tiles. Maybe the tub's in good shape but it's those wall tiles are, are coming off the wall and there's, you know, it looks like it's leaking. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, well, for one, you're not gonna gut the entire bathroom. Start there. Very good. Let's talk about the whole bathroom in general. Too. Yeah, but great. you're not gonna gut it because you're not rehabbing this to retail. Remember that, you're rehabbing it for a tenant. You're rehabbing it to get your entrepreneurial credit so the whole birth strategy can even be possible. I love it. So and start there. You're not rehabbing it to move in like I did. Don't do what he Don't did. Don't do that. You're rehabbing <laughs> it to make it a rental. Right. You're not no, gonna this, this is great, Mike, I love it. This is a great episode. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the bathroom. Okay, instead of uh, your friend as a handyman, again, same thing what David suggested earlier. Post it out there on Facebook. Look on the, handy, the local handyman group, say, I've got a rental property that I need uh, someone to do this for. And again, you can find that person. Um, and it depends, are you gonna get a permit? Does it require a permit, the work that's being done? Right. Or does it not? And a lot of the stuff is just gonna kind of be learned along the way, um, and that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so again, and it really depends on what you do. If it's if it's simple, like we said, oh, there's a little leak, and it was just replacing the, yeah. the knobs on the, um, the shower valves, just replacing those, that doesn't require a permit. That's easy. But again, right. no, that's a, a good point. A Mike. plumber would know that and be able to fix that for you. Yeah, or if you quickly. buy a house that's got structural issues, you know, you may need an engineer, and a, you know, an engineer to come out and give you a bid or um, a plan. I should say that you may have to take to the county or the city to the, even get a permit. So, in, if that's the case, you know, hire the right people. Now, I don't. Hey, want Dave to, and Mike, why would you buy a house that has structural issues? Because you can get a good deal on it. There you Discount. Go. There you go. Okay, so um, one thing I do want to mention is if you are going to GC this project, which is what we're talking about. Trying to talk about. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> um, you have to be good at managing people and costs. So if you're not good at that or you have no interest in that, GC in the project yourself might not be a good idea. You may want to hire one, which we're going to get to here in a couple minutes. But that's one thing to keep in mind. You know, are you a people person or are you good at managing people? Definitely keep that in mind. Also, with that being said is, every time we hire a contractor, it doesn't always work out in a beautiful situation where everybody wins. Dealing with contractors can be difficult. So the idea is to make it a win-win for both you and them and to build a relationship to where you can work with them in the future to get better pricing, and just build trust. However, that doesn't always happen. So we hire a lot of people that we may only hire one time. And the only way to, to find and meet those good contractors is to work with a lot of them. So don't be discouraged um, if you hire somebody and it doesn't work out exactly the way you envisioned it. There's probably an issue with your communication there or you know something. But again, it happens. We still hire people to this day that we have to fire. We still hire people to this day that we say, hey, nice working with you. We appreciate you're doing work on this particular job, but we're gonna move on to a different people next time. And by doing this over and over, you start to find people that are reliable and that do good work. And they wanna keep working for you and you wanna keep hiring them. So there's a lot of trial and error that goes into this process, but just know that it's okay. That's natural, that's normal. Everybody is dealing with that 
with that same issue, okay? So with that being said, you know, you're gonna deal with subs, you have to be, you have to determine if you wanna be managing people as well as cost. You need to determine who's gonna be buying those materials. And I think that basically kind of wraps up the, you know, GCing it yourself. The other option would be to hire a GC. So when we're dealing with hiring a GC, you're not managing the people anymore. Instead, now you are managing your general contractor. But the advantage here is it's way more hands-off for you. You're not having to interview people to do these particular jobs. You're not having to manage those people to do those jobs. You're not having to necessarily buy the materials for those jobs. You're hiring somebody else to step in that what you would hope, and most of the, excuse me, most of the time they will, they'll have their own people. They'll have their own carpenters. They'll have their own electricians. They'll have their own plumbers. So it can really speed up the, the speed of the project. However, when you hire a GC, most of the time, unless you make a lot of mistakes doing it yourself, most of the time you're gonna be paying a little bit more for that project. But what are you getting in return? Just like when we go out and we buy a property from a, from a motivated seller off market, you know, we are providing them convenience for a low cost. All we're doing is trading a low cost from them for us to provide them with convenience. It's the exact same thing when you're dealing with a general contractor. They're stepping in to manage that project. They're gonna be taking all those calls. They're gonna be dealing with the inspectors. They're gonna be dealing with the subcontractors. They're gonna be dealing with the materials. That's their problem now. But you're gonna have to pay them for that. So obviously you're gonna have pros and cons both sides. And there's really no right or wrong way to do it. It just depends if you wanna be active in that part of the business or not. And how fast do you wanna scale? It's very difficult to scale and have eight projects going while you're also out acquiring new ones if you're GCing all those projects. Not only GCing, but doing the work yourself. Doing the work yourself so you even really more important. To, right. You really do need to- It's gonna slow you down even more. Prep for that scaling. Uh, with that said though, even if you're not doing the work yourself, you still need eyes on that property at least, I would say, every other day. I mean, probably every day. You should be going out to the property and checking on either your subcontractors that are helping you Yeah, work, and you're still managing a GC when you hire them. Or you're just you're, no longer managing all the other things. You're just managing that. So it simplifies GC. the process. Exactly, because what, I mean, and that's one of the things I like to do. I like to go out and especially, I'm an early bird. So I'll get out to the projects pretty early in the morning before most of the crews show up and I'll take pictures and I'll walk around. And then when the GC follows up and has a question with me, I can say, oh yeah, hey, that tub looked really good that you had glazed or whatever. And you're like, say, oh, Whoa, you, were you saw out, it? You were at the project, huh? Again, you want to keep them on their toes. And that's- Hell yeah, you do. That's something that's, uh, and again, not like spying or anything. It's your project. You're paying him money you're to You're paying him. You want property. it. You can go anytime you want. 100%. It's, uh, it's just, again, keeping them honest. And the other thing I like to know is how they maintain their project site. So when I've got a GC, if they've got materials everywhere and they didn't sweep up at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's to me, it's just an indication of how they operate. If it's a messy work site, I just, it, it gives off a bad impression. It's going to probably be a messy job it, if it's a messy work site. Exactly. People are messy in all aspects of their life if they're messy. Get well, it. and there's more room for, for errors, for losing things, for messing things up. Slowing the project down. Exactly. So somebody comes in with a big heavy tub or a big heavy piece of whatever, and they're walking around and there's nails and staples on the ground. They're going to grind all that stuff into your flooring. 
So again, if they're not taking care of the property when they're there, it's a big indication that maybe next time, consider somebody else right. or ask them, hey, what's going on? How come the house is so dirty? Or why are you being so sloppy? You and if they say, well, because I'm rehabbing the house, you can say, oh yeah, but I noticed you didn't you know, clean up at the end of the day. Like what's up with that? Right. So again, and, that, and you may not even want to have that conversation. You may just decide to work with someone else who does take pride in their project and takes pride in their work. Right. There, there's these little things that make a big difference in my opinion. And uh, again, sometimes it's worth a little bit extra. So. Right. Well, Mike, we did a great job, I think, talking about you know GC in the project on your own versus hiring a GC. Um, you know, who's buying the materials? Are you good at managing those costs? When to hire? Do you need permits? Are you capable of doing it? I think we covered a lot of that already. One. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons, though. So, one thing I always say or think about when I have a project, a new project, all right, I always think about this. Time, quality, and cost, all right? Those are your three variables. How long is it gonna take, the time? How much is it going to cost? And what is the quality of my rehab? So in general, and this goes for all rehabbing, time, quality, and cost are your variables, okay? Now, when you're dealing with a general contractor, Typically, you can pick two of those three. You can, have, you can have a low time and a cheap cost, but you're gonna sacrifice quality, okay? You can have low cost and high quality, but you're gonna sacrifice your time. And last but not least, you can have high quality and a, a short time, but you're gonna sacrifice paying a lot, your cost on those. So I typically like to say, pick two of those three. You can't have all three. And the reason is, is because time, you want it to be short. Cost, you want it to be low. But however, your quality, you want it to be high. And trying to do all of those cheap, quick, but really good is difficult to do. You're, you're never gonna find You're that. never gonna find that. Yeah, that's the unicorn. So pick two, okay? And that's essentially what you're, you're gonna, the, the third one, you're gonna get an, at an advantage. Okay, so the time, the cost, and the quality are your three variables. So keep that in mind when you're GC in the project or whenever you're hiring a GC for that project. You're still gonna have to deal with those things. Time, quality, and cost. Pick two, okay? Otherwise, it's gonna, it's, if you wanna pick all three, you're gonna sacrifice either your, qual your cost, your, t your quality, or your time. So, one of those will suffer. Well, and let, me, and let me kind of circle back and then we can keep going forward. I, sure. One thing on hiring people that we didn't really touch on Okay. was, yeah, well, you can choose how to pay them, uh, but you also, you, you're interviewing these people. You're yeah. hiring someone. So if this is someone who says they've done this type of work before. Show me. One, go out and look at their project. Yeah, they have a Facebook page. Are they putting their project and their before and after photos out there? Do they have a website? 100%. Exactly, exactly. And two, get multiple bids. And this is mm. important. Don't just we talk. mentioned it. But we need to talk about this more. Did we? Did we I, we I mentioned mean, it, but we need to talk about this more. Don't just get one person to go out there and look at something and give you a bid. Listen, this is their job. Why is this important? Here's why. I've gotten bids on kitchens before that have been a variance of cost of ten grand. That's Literally. insane. Ten for, grand for a rental project. Ten grand. Yes. Yeah, that's insane. It's insane. But one thing that I'll always ask is, okay, here's the cost. Now. How long is this gonna take and what quality are you giving me? And oftentimes the bid doesn't align with what I'm looking to do. Because again, these rehabs that we're doing for rental properties don't need to have crystal 
<laughs> chandeliers in the kitchen, right? They need to be nice. They need to be comforting and welcoming so I can get a tenant in there, but they don't need to have marble countertops. Okay. Right. They don't even need granite probably. They don't even need granite probably. Yeah. Right. So you want to definitely be looking at those three variables, time, cost, and quality. So get multiple bids and make sure that your bids align with your goal and your plan. Very nice. Love that. Very well said, Dave. So time, cost, and quality. I've stressed this a couple times now. Those are your variables. Keep them in mind. It circles back to know your numbers. All right. Some other pros and cons of both 2GC or two higher is stress. All right. How much are you wanting to do to spend on this project in terms of your time and your energy? If you have a lot of free time, then maybe GC in it makes sense for you. If you work a full-time job, as Mike had mentioned earlier, a lot of people listening to this podcast, they have full-time jobs, that's okay. Maybe you don't wanna take on the stress. So you're willing to pay a little more to just hire one manager versus all the moving parts. So the amount of stress and or time that you're willing to spend is a big factor and it can be a pro and a con, okay? Next, scaling to multiple deals at once or just scaling. If you're wanting to maximize the burst strategy and buy a bunch of them at once in order to scale your business, you can no longer be there doing plumbing work, okay? You can no longer be the painter for, for this job. At that point, you have to start hiring GCs because if you wanna do multiple at once, you can't be in the same place twice, right? At the same time. So you have to be able to work with people that you can account on and you know trust to manage your projects. So again, there's, there's a pro and a con to scaling. If you're doing it all yourself, scaling may not even be an option or it's gonna be very difficult. Um, next, pro and con, liability, all right? You may hire a GC who has liability insurance. So all of those subs, you know, are gonna essentially be covered with workman's comp or just in case of an injury. If you're doing it yourself, you may not have those same insurance policies. So you may or may not have a different liability. Again, can be a pro and a con for both sides. Earlier, we had kind of mentioned paying your people, all right? If you are providing materials, you may have to pay that individual via a W-2. If they are providing materials, you may have to pay them with a 1099, which may or may not help you in taxes. Again, pro and a con either way. I don't wanna tell you which way is right because there's no right answer to that question. Talk to your local accountant or CPA and figure out what makes the most sense to you, okay? All of these things I think circle back into knowing your numbers. So you need to determine, is it right for me to GC this project or even be the worker in the project? Or does it make sense to hire the GC? Lots of things to consider there. I think we covered a lot of it. Mike, anything I missed? Um, not really. I think that's Don't forget to get multiple good. bids. You had mentioned that yeah, as well. I, again, I really want to reiterate that when you're hiring out, you got to get multiple bids. I really like the way that uh, Dave describes that as you get to pick two of the three things. It's, it's uh, just the way it works. It really you know? is in the world with almost everything. Uh, so again, you pick two and you've got to kind of understand that's what you're doing. Yeah, so let's so. talk about that just for one more second. Why do you only get to pick two? Well, let's think about it, guys. Time, cost, and quality. If you want a high quality, you're going to sacrifice time. You can't do a really great work on a project quickly. So it's just common sense. If you want high quality, you're going to sacrifice time. 
you're also going to pay more for high quality. So, you know, these things are going different directions. Quality and cost or quality you want to be up, you want it to be high. But time and cost you want to be low. So the lower you get on those scales, the lower you're dropping your quality. And the higher your quality goes up, the ones that you want to be low in terms of like let's say time is going to be increased. So you're always got to pick two of those three. If you want all three, you better be really patient and you better have a a deep pocket. <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely. And that's the only way that will work. So, All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's it. Thanks that's for... wrapping up of managing your rental rehab. Lots of lots of tips in this one, guys. Check it out. Don't forget, we buy all our properties at a discount. It's how we make the birth strategy work. In order to uh, rehab the property to get a refi, we have to spend at least 15K. Again, talk to your banker on what they require to get the entrepreneurial credit. But even before we get to the rehabbing stage, we are buying them at a discount. If you want to learn how to do that, check out freewholesalecourse.com. Welcome back to season two of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.